One of the great American writers of the last century was Ernest Hemingway. Hemingway was a man who pushed limits, and he lived a very adventuresome life. In many of his stories, Ernest Hemingway followed a very simple premise, which resulted in some fairly profound observations when you, look, when you read his stories. Many people live with the idea that, that difficult circumstances shape us into certain kinds of people. But Hemingway followed a somewhat different idea. And this is the formula that he used in a lot of his stories. He believed rather than circumstances forming us into certain kinds of people, that circumstances, difficult seasons that we go through, actually reveal the person that is being formed all along. They actually expose us to ourselves and even to other people. They reveal to us the kind of person we truly are inside, the person that we have been nurturing, the person that we have been forming all along. It's much like Jesus' teaching at the end of the Sermon on the Mount as he talks about trees and fruit. You will recognize them by their fruit, Jesus says. It's impossible for an apple tree to produce bananas. The proof of the tree is in the fruit that it bears. These are certainly difficult times that we are living in right now. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's even a lot of speculation and, and a lot of wondering how long will this go on. I'm sure that you have seen and you have probably experienced, as, as we have, as certainly as I have, a range of emotions and responses to the daily news reports that come along. At some moments, you probably feel a sense of anxiety and perhaps even a, a measure of fear. At other moments, you probably feel a great sense of hope and, and encouragement. And the reality is that most of us are probably moving back and forth along that spectrum of emotion. That's a very typical human response to these kinds of times. Martin Luther, the great reformer, was no stranger to difficult times. He faced opposition from other people, even other people within the church. He also lived with a very difficult physical illness, which resulted in deep depression, which, which he suffered with for most of his life. During his most difficult days, Luther would often call on his good friend, Philip Melanchthon, and he would ask him to come and sing with him his favorite psalm, and that was Psalm 46. Luther was honest about his own shortcomings as a man as well as, as a minister. But in his times of struggle, he turned again and again to these words of, of comfort and these words of confidence. He used them as the basis of his, his great and well-known hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. 
Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I believe these are words for us today, regardless of where our hearts are at this moment. Few psalms declare such, such strong confidence in the Lord when we are facing such real dangers as these times in which we live. The psalm divides very neatly into three sections, very obviously. And each section ends with a simple word. It's easy to, to skip over that word and to just go on to the next section. But it's, it's the word selah. It's an easy word to, 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 to skip past, but it's a word that invites us to pause, to reflect, even to stop and meditate on what has just been said. In the first section, we read that God is sovereign over all nature, all the elements of the world. He speaks in such extreme terms of, of, of earthquakes and mountains being thrown into the sea and, and the destruction caused by, by water. We think back over the summer that we have just had. After years of drought came, came the, the devastating bushfires. And then came the rains and the floods. And after the floods came the hailstorms. And just when we thought things were quieting down, just when we thought things were getting back to normal, along came a virus out of nowhere, and it has gone everywhere. These are all things that we have absolutely no control over. We, we can't start them, and we can't stop them. We can't predict an earthquake, and we certainly can't stop a tsunami when it, when it sweeps up on shore. And viruses are passed along secretly and, and silently. But the question that this first 
section forces us to reflect on is, is in this opening line, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. That Selah at the end of that section wants me to ask the question, what really am I depending on as my refuge and my strength? Where is my confidence? Where, where is my place of comfort? One thing about the Psalms is, is that they invite us to be completely honest with ourselves and to be completely honest with God. Martin Luther could admit that he felt depressed and discouraged because he knew he had a loving friend who would stay with him in Philip Melanchthon. And he knew that he had a loving God who would be with him faithfully, who would meet him in that place of depression and who would not leave him or forsake him. In the second section, verses 4 through 7, we see that God is the, the protector of the, of the city of God. We might think that this is referring only to Jerusalem, but, but this idea, this theme of the city of God is a, is a theme that, that is consistent throughout Scripture. It refers not only to, to Jerusalem, certainly Jerusalem figures very importantly and very prominently in Scripture, and certainly in the Old Testament, but more broadly it speaks of the safety and the security of God's people throughout history and in all times and in all places. Ultimately, it, it points us to heaven to the new Jerusalem, to our eternal dwelling place. Our security and our hope doesn't rest in any earthly city, but in the heavenly city prepared for us by God. We don't look to Canberra. We don't look to Washington, D.C. We don't look to London or Beijing or, or any other world capital for our ultimate safety and security. No, our ultimate home is in Christ. Our ultimate home is the, is the home in heaven that, that he has prepared for us. And so this, this Selah invites us to reflect on that truth. Where is my real home? To whom do I look for safety and security? the leaders of this world or, or to God. The final section, verses 8 through 11, remind us that God is the ultimate judge of all things and of all people. Note the language that the psalmist uses here. He brings peace, not, not as a peaceful negotiator, but he brings peace as a conqueror. He, he breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He, he burns the chariots. He, he destroys these weapons of warfare, the, these weapons of destruction. And in so doing, he brings peace, lasting peace, eternal peace. 
because God is the ultimate judge and he alone can stand over the nations and, and over the leaders of this world. He has absolute power, absolute authority over all earthly powers and all earthly authorities. And so the psalm ends with these wonderfully comforting and, and reflective words. Be still and know that I am God. These words invite us to, to simply stop and reflect and to bathe ourselves in that truth. Sometimes during a season like this, when there are so many reports coming from so many directions, we need to simply stop and remind ourselves of what is true. And that's what these words do for us. They remind us of what is true. It is our human tendency, and when challenges come, as they, as they have in these days, to feel like we have to do something. We have to, we have to run around. We have to do something. We, we all feel that sense of a loss of control, don't we? There are so many things that are outside my control, that so many things that I can't do. And so we do everything that we can to, to hang on to any kind of control that, that, we, that we can hang on to. It's interesting how we find it difficult to slow down, don't we? To stop. But these words invite us, no, really they instruct us to stop and be still. Why? Well, because God is God, and you are not. I am not. So be still and know that I am God. And that's difficult sometimes, isn't it? To simply stop and be still. Because everything in us wants to run and do something. But sometimes the best thing we can do is simply to stop and be still. The end of the second and third sections repeat this refrain. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. I love it that the psalmist reminds us that the God of Jacob is with us. Yes, he's the Lord of hosts, and that, that presents something of his magnitude. But there's something about him being the God of Jacob. It emphasizes the deeply personal and the intimate presence of God with each of us, each of us personally. This is, this is the best of all reminders here, I think, for us, that God is with us. We are not alone. We are not abandoned. It reminds me of Paul's words in Romans 8, who or what can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Not persecution or tribulation or sickness or, or fires or floods or viruses. Nothing. God is with us. 
and God is for us. So be still, cease striving, and rest in Him. Isn't Psalm 46 rich? And the writer reinforces just how important reflection can be in our formation as he invites us three times to pause, to reflect, to meditate. Selah. So let's do that. Let's take some time to open our hearts to God and to reflect. Remember, these weeks when COVID-19 is front and center in everyone's thinking are not simply a season to get through. It's a time when God is ready to do some of his deepest work in our hearts. Tom and I have an ongoing conversation about where God is at work, what he's bringing up. And my spiritual friend and I have an agreement to be praying for one another, asking that we will embrace this season, this season when we have so much space to open our hearts and to be receptive to what God wants to do. I encourage all of us to do that. And to that end, let me start with some questions that might be helpful as you sit with Psalm 46 and with this season of uncertainty. As I give prompts, hit pause, and then take all the time you want to explore your heart with God. First, take counsel with God and with your own soul, asking what emotions are coming up in your heart right now. Maybe it's been a while since you've even taken the opportunity to think about your feelings. So let me list a few things that could be coming up right now, lurking in the depths of your own heart. Maybe it's fear, anger, frustration, impatience, anxiety. Or maybe there's fatigue. You're just tired of the situation. Uncertainty might be coming up. Perhaps your job is threatened and you wonder how you'll provide for yourself and your family. Take time and let God bring these things out into the light. Now let's get a bit more specific and sit with the fears you may be experiencing right now. Where are you finding it difficult to trust? Are there people you're concerned about right now? Ask God to reveal fears, fears that you might not even be aware of. Sit with those things for a moment. How are you doing with a loss of control? With so many of our normal day-to-day -day decisions now being made for us, and with so much of our independent freedom being restricted, are you experiencing a loss of control that is perhaps evidencing itself in a short temper or even outbursts of anger? God will meet you in that place. Take time to reflect on what you're experiencing in your heart and let God speak to you about what is there. Given the unprecedented nature of what we're experiencing right now, these emotions and these responses are certainly understandable. They're a part of our human experience. 
But the goodness of God says that we don't have to stay in that place of fear or anxiety. We don't even have to stay in that place of anger because our God is a refuge and a strength. Later in the psalm, he is called our fortress. Sit with that picture. Imagine a fortress. Picture yourself within its walls. What feelings and emotions come up as you picture that? What do you want to hand over to him today? Take time and speak to God about this. To close this time of reflection, I leave you with a meditation from St. Patrick, taken right from Psalm 46. It's become a trusted friend over these past several days. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be still.